And they, they, they told me if I if I had my radio, I could bit, bit, listen to it at a moderate, moderate level. Have you seen my safety? Burn down. Don't burn it down. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> Bienvenue. Welcome. Welcome. Party people in the house. version 2.0 i am dan this is episode 107 you guys are here with me say hi guys hi guys what's up what's going on hi guys hi guys yeah i'm mocking you i'm mocking you nick just doing what i'm told (laughs) that doesn't happen very often (laughs) no it doesn't (laughs) so here we are and um i've got some astonishing news that i just need to share with everybody I'm shocked by this. Frankly, a little disappointed. Justin hasn't listened to last week's show yet. Oh, come on, man. (laughs) You had to bring that up? That's awesome. I can't. I just, you need to explain yourself, dude. Dude, it was a busy week. A busy week playing with the Starship Enterprise, right? Beam me up, Scotty. Yeah, something like that. Warp drive and all that. Did you no, get that? I was. Did you get so that I was TV in, made? What? Did you get that TV made that I ordered last week? The t- Yeah, with the yeah the plasma TV. No, dude. Yeah, you're gonna <laughs> go to Best Buy. I'm not wasting my time with that shit. You're actually gonna you're gonna keep up with it this time. You're gonna you're gonna follow along with it. Uh-huh. I'm still here. All right, all right. So tell us yeah. about your nerd convention that you went to. I mean, uh, uh, so I went to Washington D.C. for the International Electric Propulsion Conference. It happens once every two years, kind of like the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, come on, dude! Oh, oh, you went there. Nailed it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay, so once every two years, a bunch of us electric propulsion and plasma physics nerds get together in one location. <laughs> and we then give, chaos ensues. Yep, chaos ensues. <laughs> we, we, we give papers uh, and presentations about what we've been doing for the previous two years and all sorts of electric propulsion goodness. We meet up with old colleagues, meet new people, talk to customers, and uh, and you know it it's it's always a busy conference. We've got about four or five of these conferences a year that I tend to go to, but this is the biggest one in our field. And so, yeah, I mean, last week was pretty much so. I I flew in. I flew into D.C. Sunday morning. Well, I left Seattle Sunday morning. Didn't get to D.C. until Sunday night because it's all the way across the freaking country and three hours ahead. So that just screws you. And (laughs) and then basically it started with a reception that night from like seven to eleven and then followed with Monday through Thursday, which was basically 
Eastern on Eastern time, at least it was basically seven to seven each day. It was like 12 hours of conference. And then you go out with customers or colleagues for dinner because you got to talk about new business and stuff like that or, or nerd stuff. So that was my week. I didn't get a chance to download the show. I didn't even get a chance to think about listening to it. I didn't do anything on Helly's. I may have checked the Runrider forums like once or twice to see if anyone had sent me a private message about my Whiplash Nitro that I'm still trying to sell. I I was completely out of the loop. I maybe exchanged three texts with you guys. I mean, I, I, I told Nick earlier today in text, I felt like I've been out of the hobby for like two months and it was five <laughs> days. It was great. I mean, for, for my professional side and my nerdy plasma physics side, but for Hellies, it was rough. So I'm back. It feels good to be back, even though I was on last week's show too. It just feels weird. And I must say, I got a number of listeners who sent emails and said, Hey man, I heard you're going to be in DC. I'm in Virginia or I'm in DC. If you want to hang out, let me know. I uh, had a couple of people we were I was trying to meet up with, but just I didn't have the time to do it. In fact, one person, and I apologize ahead of time, I can't remember who it was, his name, invited me to the fun fly that they've got in the area this weekend. Obviously, I left on Thursday, so that didn't happen, but really cool response from the listeners. So thanks, guys all the people that emailed and suggested places to eat and things to see. It, it was really cool to hear from you guys. Did you pick up any extra pocket protectors while you were there? No, dude, <laughs> we don't, we don't rock pocket protectors. Horned room glasses with athletic tape. No, 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 no. Lanyards. Do I have the wrong? Those impression? are the pocket protectors of the 21st century. Oh, lanyards. huh? Oh Yeah. You get to wear this little lanyard that says IEPC on it, and it has your name hanging at the bottom so that everyone knows who you are. You nice. know, to, th- this is the kind of this is the kind of event. Just for the record, just so that you guys know that it's so nerdy that when you introduce someone to to someone that they've never met, you generally introduce their you know here this is so and so. This is where so-and-so works, and he went to the following schools. That's how nerdy this is. That's, like, people wow. want your academic resume. Huh. So they weren't, you, that, how did you manage there? Did that, did it, I mean, did the community college thing work out for you, or what? It worked out great. Did how did you get that picture? You like that? How was that Nick, for Ninja Fast? How did you get that picture, dude? <laughs> Holy it. crap. Never thought that picture of that donkey would show up, did it? Did you? <laughs> nice, dude. You like that tie? Yeah. I'm more worried oh, about dude. <laughs> about this gentleman, a couple people down wearing the backpack looking like he's about better to go hiking. <laughs> I've never seen someone in slacks, a button-up T-shirt, with a backpack on. That no is, lanyard. No lanyard. No lanyard. The See? Yeah, he's a student. 
He's an intern. Justin, I, I must admit, you you kind of make that look good. Dude, I clean up nice, that's, that's don't a, I? That's a pretty impressive picture of you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. In a weird, sadistic, geeky kind of way, but yeah. I try to be the best looking person there. Did you pull it off? It's not hard, is it? Usually, really? usually. It's, it's the tie. It's not really. A, a lot of consideration goes into these ties, man. Jesse, are you looking forward to uh, these types of conventions? <laughs> uh, not not so much. <laughs> oh, not, not at this time. Not at this time. So what's the story with the guy on the far right? What's the story with the guy on the far right? Yeah. What What's wrong with him? I, I got a problem with his post. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're going to have to post this picture now. No one's gonna know. He what is gonna have about. to post it. <laughs> I'm still caught up on the guy with the backpack. I swear he was in Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> oh, dude! He's probably one of the most brilliant people in the country. <laughs> I know. Guy forgot more yesterday than I learned in the last 35 years. I got to make sure they don't listen to this. These are friends of mine, so <laughs> they were. Luckily, they were not in yours. <laughs> oh, so you know what? That's actually so. Okay, this is an RC Heli podcast, right? So we're going to bring it back to RC Helis a little bit, and it's it's going to be a transition. I ran into one of my friends and colleagues at this place who actually is getting into RC Helis. Oh, so I did get to talk a little bit of helicopters. It was pretty cool. Huh, the nice. the probably the only other guy in the in the EP community that does helicopters, but nonetheless, it was kind of cool to see someone else was interested in the same thing I was. That yeah, that was my week, guys. I know I feel like a complete and total douche for not should. downloading and recording our show or listening to our show. I mean, this was what last week or week before we were laughing about the whole charger saga did you at least get something ordered <laughs> screw you nick <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great oh that was such a loaded question he got the <laughs> ladies and gentlemen he got the answer to that oh about six hours ago via text <laughs> and i've been waiting you know the <laughs> first communication of the, the first communication <laughs> of the week right <laughs> and I'm like, hey, guys, what's going on? I'm working on a tech tip, blah, 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 blah. And he just goes straight into it. He's right there ready to pitch me shit. No, I have not. I have That's not ordered for. I have not ordered a charger. I have not begun to build the rave, which has been sitting at my house now for a week. I have more indecision in my life, as you all saw with the recent Facebook post on what 550 would I want to get if I were in the market for one. I am just, I'm just. It's a good thing it's winter. Yeah. It's, it's, it is allowable. I mean, it's, I, I have, you know, pitched him fair amount of crap, but it, it is winter and now is the time to do it. It's when he, you know, the goal is to not do it this summer. No. Oh yeah. No, I agree with you. I agree. You are allowed this during the winter. You, but no, I, I did not buy a charger yet. Unfortunately. But you know which one you're going to buy. Well, I did until I heard which one Nick bought. <laughs> but you, you gave and then me I a was 99% like, I was like, confidence. Wait a minute, man. I, I wanted the iCharger 308 Duo. And then Nick's like, 4010 Duo ordered. And I'm like, God damn it, dude. 
<laughs> you just douched me. <laughs> Absolutely. You just one-upped me. I, That's unacceptable. I, I douched you with action. <sighs> That's that's yeah. hard. That's hard to take, isn't it? That hurts a little bit. It it stung a bit. So now I got to rethink <laughs> the entire thing. <laughs> no, I just I just <laughs> start the investigation over. Right start back to oh, step one. Jeez. Draw <sighs> but, some new flowcharts and everything. Yep. You know the the one bit of Helly stuff that I did get to do though this week because of all of the time in the airplane or airplanes was to get started on the tech tip for the Hewlett-Packard DPS 1200 power supply mods. I've gotten easily, easily 10 or 12 emails in the last week or two asking about when I'm going to get that tech tip going. So, guys, hopefully if you're listening to this now, it's already up. If it isn't, then it will be very soon after. And that's about all I've got, Dan. I mean, I I didn't fly nothing, no sim. I feel like a slacker. Yeah, mm. I, I can appreciate that. So moving on, because really, I mean, you just wasted like fifteen minutes of our life that will never. Hey, you back. guys kept asking the questions. <laughs> well, kind of. It kind of seems like things are getting back to normal, actually. <laughs> oh, dude. Uh, all you needed all right, was a trip you, like that to worry, kind of slow your roll. Because you were kind of on a you were you were gaining some momentum there, flying a lot, you know, getting some shit done, and you just needed something like this to get you back in your groove. Yeah, true. Yeah, that would be the groove of no flying. By the way, <laughs> no, dude, it it's it's going to be perfectly fine, Dan. Alrighty, I have no doubts, fine. dude. It's winter time. You're we're going to cut you some slack on that. We we're just giving you some, uh, giving you some nerd crap. I can yeah. tell Justin something that'll make him feel better. Oh yeah, what's that? Yeah. So this week I'm just gonna go, Dan. All right. Just so you know, knock yourself out. Nick's up. Right. So I, while you were gone, uh, out of nowhere, <laughs> I got like this huge amount of motivation for the charging case thing to just make it. I noticed. Like yeah. <laughs> Uh, my buddy James sent me those power supplies that we had talked about. I got my case, and I was just kind of sitting here, him and hawing, and, uh, you know, I, I was doing the same charger thing that you were. I really was. I was like, well, I could get this, and I could, but I could do that. And I had it all, like, dude, it was, it was set up. Like it was, I was just going to go ahead and stay with my two eye chargers in there and that was going to be good. And that was it. Ordered the deck lid. I was good to go. And I, I don't know what happened. I can't, like, I, I don't, I just here's, don't Here's know. the good thing though. Nick's indecision netted me a gain. Dude, it's, it all worked out <laughs> perfect. Oh, so I got really? Yes. Yeah. And James is sitting here pitching me crap. He's like, dude, just get a 4010. Just get a 4010. And he goes, if you don't, then you're going to be all pissed that you spent all this time on a new case. And I'm like, I, I know that he's kind of right, but I really didn't feel like spending the money. Well, long story short, I had the the deck lid for uh, the 2306s, and I was like, so I, hey, Dan, would you be interested in one of my eye chargers? Because I knew he was going to get another one. He said, oh, yeah. And I said, actually, I've got a deck lid. Um, to fit one of those cases, 
the progressive RC, the hardline cases. I said, you want, you know, you want that too? Well, uh, yeah, absolutely. So Dan <laughs> got those. I put my other eye charger up for sale. That's gone. And then I decided to screw it. And I just ordered a 4010. Here's where it gets kind of funny. Though. Nice. Wise man say, if you want to fly on the weekend, charge all of your batteries before you sell all of your chargers. You don't even have like the little 50 watt one? <laughs> I, no. So actually, what sparked all of this to, to like really get moving was I was out flying on Saturday, which by the way, uh, Sunday, excuse me, Sunday, got out Sunday, out there having a great time. And I was charging, I, I threw on two little 1300 milliamp uh, receiver packs on my little small Thunder Power charger uh, <sighs> just to, to get those charged for Auden in his, in his uh, little Revo, right? That charger, which the balance function had been acting up, so I just quit balancing packs on it and charging it. Yeah, it lit my packs on fire. <laughs> oh, man. I turn around. Uh. Happened to look over and I'm like, "What's that weird little hissing noise?" And uh, sure Wait enough, a what's it was that my smell? Pack. Yeah, puffing. So I pulled them off real quick, threw them out into the middle of the road, and very shortly thereafter, they both lit on fire. Huh. So that that's what kind of was like. All right, that's it. Well, there there we go. You know, my whole argument for the third charger I was like, "Ah, well, it's gone now." So <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what did it. But man. Mm. What a uh, what a good day out there flying. It was fun. It's it's nice to just get back out. I didn't get quite as much in as I wanted to. Um, my whole goal of the day was to get out there and and get the flight video done for the seven hundred X to kind of round out that review. So I'm out there and I'm like, all right, well, I'm gonna get one more in, just polish up a couple quick little things, and then we'll do the video on the next one. There's a couple other guys out there. Okay, yeah, no problem. <laughs> Famous last words, right? <laughs> oh, I'll man. just get one more in. Yeah, I had been I've been working on pirouetting bunny hops. And I've got the the first one eighty degree bunny hop down, dead on every time. And the second one I've just been working on keeping it straight. Well, I do not know what happened. I got my pirouette going on. I'm in the middle of the bunny hop. I get the little bit of stir, and I just pulled back a little too far on the elevator. Well, when you're full collective and you pull back a little too <laughs> far on the elevator, it goes down fast. And, uh, yeah, I popped it, but I did what I would call not particularly a skid bump, but more of a canopy bump. <laughs> <laughs> The canopy bump is where you blow the skids clean off, <laughs> and you keep going into the canopy. Yeah, they don't they don't crack. You know, you don't like break one side off. Like you blow them clean off the bottom of the helicopter. <laughs> nice. <laughs> one Jeez. skid went twenty feet one way. One skid went twenty feet the other direction. And I popped this thing back up. You know, because I'm. I mean, I was ready to pop it anyway and hit it hard. Well, when it hit, it made such a horrendous thud. I just shot it straight up in the air. And my first reaction was throttle hold because I'm just expecting this thing to be done. I mean, it hit hard. 
you know, as it's going up, I hit throttle hold and I kind of checked on my controls. I'm like, wow, this is like everything feels perfectly okay. I have no skids, but it all feels fine. (laughs) And so we just got a casually nice little auto, uh, landed it perfectly flat on the bottom plate of the frame. Nice. (laughs) And I am very shocked and proud to say that I did zero other damage. Like none. Damn, dude. I broke skids in the canopy, and that was it. I've never hit a heli that hard and had it not break anything. Like, I fully... These are one of the ones where you go, oh, sweet. It didn't wad up, but you know that you're going to do, like, a, a, a bent boom, Right. You know you're going to do a boom because it'll bend it down a little bit. And you, you know, that, that'll tweak the torque tube, so you'll probably have to do a torque tube. Maybe a, a servo horn. You know, I'm nothing surprised bad. you didn't tag the tail in the first No, bump. because that's not... It like was the, that tipped forward? It was that tipped forward. Okay, yeah. Because, yeah, you know, gotcha. picture a bunny hop. Yeah, right? yeah, you're, you're right. The bunny in. hops are not flat by any means. But it was awesome. I mean, I was just, I slid the boom out and was like, are you kidding me? And that was kind of a real big, you know, I had mentioned that in the review about how I really liked that they were, they went up to a 23 millimeter boom. And, uh, I, I mean, here's a perfect example of how it pays off to just go up just a little bit in size, makes that whole tail system a lot stronger. Yeah. Kind of postpone the flight video a little bit, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh. Yeah, we got all the parts ordered up. I'll get that put back together. And as soon as my new glorious iCharger 4010 Duo shows up, we'll be back in when will that When will that be in? You know, it should be Monday, uh, I do believe. And then see, the only now this, thing- this is a perfect opportunity, Nick, because I was going to be the one to sort of like check this thing out for the first time. But now that you've got it coming... I'm going to wait for you to play with it for a couple of days before I make my final decision. Oh, you know why it was? I, I can tell you exactly why. And this was something I didn't know, which I thought was like super cool. Uh, you know, so I'm sitting here talking with James about it. And he's, he's, I'm telling him that I need three. I need three charging ports. You know, that's just mandatory, right? That's been my big argument since day one. Mm-hmm. Well, he brought up a good point. You know, and I and I said that because I'm too lazy. I'm too lazy to change the amperages like we were talking about. I just leave everything at 25. That way, I don't have to change it. Well, I guess on the iCharger, he actually made a little video and sent it to me. You push the button, and all of your presets are right there on the first screen. So how it'll say lipo, lilo, and I, you know, nickel metal hydride, whatever. Mm-hmm. You, when you create a preset, which I mean, you don't just you name it. You put the cell count in there, you do your charge rate, you do everything that you want for that specific setup. Um, It's all right there on that first screen. So, I mean, oh, man. Like, when he was doing it, I'm going, wow, it's less than two seconds to hit that button and pick your battery and hit enter and go. That really kind of changes things That's pretty sweet. Oh, yeah. That's that's why I went with the 4010. Because, yes, my generator, nor neither my generator nor my power supplies can handle both channels maxed out, right? I can't push eight, you know, no seven way, amps dude. Or whatever. That's what is it? It's over 2,000 <laughs> watts. 
Yeah, not even close. But I can handle one channel maxed out, no problem. So what this does is it gives me an opportunity to quickly actually parallel charge two 6S 5300s all the way ramped up. So he goes, okay, you're what you're right. telling me is that you're adding a third one because you're needing to use that third charger or that third charge port because your other ones aren't done, right? I'm like, yeah. He goes, well, this would give you an opportunity to charge those other ones faster and then have the second port available to charge your small stuff. And I kind of went, wow, you know, okay. That, it it just made sense. And after looking through that little video that he sent, it was like, wow, okay, I get it. I am going to be able to switch presets and batteries. I mean, it's cool. You can do one for like Blade 44s, and that would be parallel charging your 4400 packs. And that's all you need to name it, and it's already all in there. Or you could, you know, do like blade slow or blade fast or whatever. For if you want to come home and charge, you just flip it down, hit blade slow, and then it drops all your charge rates down. It was it was right. pretty cool. So that's why I chose the forty ten. And I think the three oh eight has the same kind of thing. It does. It it just wasn't the three oh eight didn't offer me any more power than I already had now. Yeah, no, I agree. That's and I I would only be yeah. gaining you know, before where I was using 25, I would only be able to gain five more amps out of it when I well, wanted to parallel charge. Right. Well, yeah, and it's like, even though you said your generator can't do both channels at 40 amps, you can at least have 40 amps on one channel. It's like you're saying two 6S yes. 53s in parallel. You can put 40 amps to them. Yes. So you're still yep. gaining. Absolutely. Um, well, yeah, once that gets here, then the only thing that's left is just deciding on uh, what deck lid. I want to do because I've got the power supplies all down in there. I put those pictures up on my Facebook page and I'll probably do a forum post on it just so everyone can see. I laid the, the power supplies down in the bottom. I did a 110 volt input socket on one side uh, that'll fit an extension cord. I'm not a believer in doing the little computer power supply input sockets because then you're Mm kind of like married to the, having that cord with you, which I've, forgotten <laughs> we can hardly remember an extension cord how are you supposed yeah, to remember exactly. <laughs> so i did that and then i decided this time to actually do a i found a black square um leviton 110 volt outlet that i cut in the side of the case for an output on the other side my theory was there that you know normally i have my extension cord then i plug it into a power strip and then, you know, have another little jumper cord that I plug in my charging case, and then I can plug my laptop in or whatever. Uh, I decided, uh, why? You know, why even, why bother with that? If I'll just put an outlet in the side, then my laptop charger can plug right into the side of the case. And even if I'm out of the field at, you know, at night or something like that, and I just want to have a couple lights, I can plug that in straight there too. So again, it was just one more thing that I don't have to remember to bring kind of get it all in one and put a little USB, little USB charger deal or little charge port right there in the side of the case and then a, another set of banana jacks for 12-volt output just in case uh, someone else, you know, hey, can I throw some packs on or whatever? And if I've got it going, at least they can plug their charger in there. Makes sense. Yeah, awesome. I'm pumped, dude. It's awesome. It's small. It's light. It's freaking sick. And then, oh, yeah, on that note, um, 
I think that James is actually gonna be putting gonna be like modding these uh you know, Justin's going to do that tech tip, and we're going to have all this information up on how to mod these power supplies if you want. But um, as Dan, I'm sure, will talk about, when you start messing around with, like, modding these and getting this and getting that and doing all this thing, you know, building charging cases, all that little stuff really adds up, like, fast. Very fast. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I think that James, he bought a whole, just a ton of these, and I think he's going to be modding them and putting them up for sale on our forums. Um, I don't know how much yet or what, but you know, knowing him, it'll probably be very reasonable for for the amount of time and nice. you know, materials on what he's doing. So, uh, what, you know, we kind of take a different approach. We're not trying to hide anything from everyone. We'll have the tech tip to show you how to do it, but then I think he's going to have those up for sale for those who just want to set them in their charging case, plug in their banana jacks, and go. Makes sense. Nice. Yeah. They're super quiet. Oh, man. They're so nice and quiet. They're so small. I love it. Boy, I think that's that's it. Yeah, I'm going to be out for this weekend, dummy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's probably going to be the best weekend of the year. And no nitro to back it up. No, I still haven't. Um, no, no, that one's still sitting. I'm, I'm like you said, Justin, you know, it's the winter. I'm trying to go through each thing that I want to get done during the winter. And for once in my life, <laughs> slow down, take my time and really just, you know, do it right before that's the way to do it dude i would have like crammed everything in this charging case all in one weekend and i just would have left my chargers in there and because i had them and you know whatever was the quickest and fastest way to get it all put back together that's get what flying. i would have done yeah yep but i'm trying not to do that this time and just think about what's going to make me happier next summer you know what am i going to enjoy more and like uh, it's it's such an awesome feeling getting this case to this point and you know buying a charger that you just can't get anything better for because it's like wow i am not gonna want to redo this for you know a long time <laughs> so dan you know I'm, I'm getting a little tired of nick making fun of me carrying my charging stuff around in a cardboard box I'm looking for something to, you know, kick it up a notch. You got any suggestions for me? Absolutely, dude. Head over to ProgressiveRC.com, man. They got all kinds of charging accessories there. They got cases. They've got chargers. They've got leads. Anything you could possibly want. And best of all, dude, you can toss that cardboard box aside. Remember, guys, that's ProgressiveRC.com. They got what you need. What are you, Jesse? What have you been up to? I've I've been getting in some flying last couple last week. So as I mentioned last week on the show, went made the trip. It's about an hour and a half away from me up to Spokane, and went to a planker fun fly last Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I have to and I have to say this was actually well for one I like going to planker fun flies because every single flight I did ended with an applause. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so no it. It, surprisingly, it wasn't like your typical, I guess what I would consider planker fun fly. They were actually 
like really, really open about sharing the flight line. They would give, you know, if a couple of heli guys wanted to go up and fly, you would literally, so I would, you know, walk up to the flight line and start standing there with my heli, nothing plugged in. And then you would see the other guys be like, you know, no one take off. Let's just let the flight line clear everyone land and then we'll let the heli guys fly. So it, it actually worked out pretty well. I didn't get in as many flights as you probably would at like a heli fun fly, but overall they were like, they're very willing to share and everyone got along really well. So it was a, it was a lot wow. of fun actually. Yeah, it was, was really, really surprising. I was going there with the just mindset, okay, I'm not going to make any enemies. No enemies today. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want to tick anyone off here. So, was, Dieter, Dieter went there, didn't he? Yeah. Yep, there was Dieter, um, Paul. Uh, there, was, there was probably like six or seven heli guys there. So we all kind of hung out down at the end, answered a ton of questions, a lot of they do like uh, the tip, the typical noontime demos like they do at most fun flies. And quite a few people from just like the community came to watch. Um, so they had a little like 15 minute heli section of during the noontime, de- noontime demos. Um, so we all got a chance to go out there and fly for that, which led quite a few people back. And so, you know, did a lot of educating, a lot of explaining, showing people the helis, charging setups and all that sort of stuff. So. It was it was a lot of fun, and I'm sure a lot of people, I'm sure some of those people had never even seen a helicopter fly, so it was probably cool for a lot of people to get some exposure to that. Did you notice that, like, and I say this because I don't get to spend much time around plankers, but our art, speaking of charging setups, do we generally have more cranked up? Without a know? doubt. Oh, yeah. geez. I don't think oh, anyone yeah. else there had a charging kit. Like, no one had a... Everyone was amazed by my case. Like, yeah. it's so simple. Everything's just in one <laughs> confined, you know, there's this. But they're electric. A lot of them are electric plane guys, right? Yeah. Well, this was an electric only fun fly. So well, <laughs> everyone there was an electric plane. <laughs> they just don't mind charging for yeah, a I mean, long a, time a, to get a, lot get a of flight these, in. Yeah. A lot of these guys have a lot of planes that are sp- that are smaller. So your typical, your 150 watt charger is going to be more than enough to keep them flying. Okay. You know, not, not many of them had generators. A lot of them had batteries. They, they just don't need the power. They're not trying to push 30 amps to some 5,000 milliamp packs. Yeah. There was only a couple, what I would consider big planes there that probably took 5,000 milliamp packs. So most of them were, were smaller. So Sunday, finally, you know, head back home. Now get to go out to my own field where I can get some serious flying done because I didn't get it, you know, probably only eight flights or so on Saturday. So Sunday, head out to my normal field um, right in the morning and pretty much just spend the whole day out there. It was actually an awesome, awesome weather day. I think it was 71 degrees out and no Mm -hmm. wind. Mm -hmm. So it was one of those days where go to the field in jeans and a sweatshirt and by noon I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt. So it was awesome for this time of year. That's I had, I almost guarantee that'll be the last weekend even close to 70 degrees for the year till next May or whenever the sun will start coming back. So got in a lot of flights then Thursday, yesterday. I made it out as well. I you guys have probably heard I don't have class till 3 in the afternoon on Thursdays. So that's usually my day wake up early and head out to the field, so a little bit colder yesterday, but still, I think I, I think I got in like fifteen or six. I lost track of flights. It was just one of those days where there was no tuning, 
I never even opened up the laptop once, which was just awesome. I hadn't done that in quite a while since getting the 6HV and trying to get that tuned in. So didn't touch the computer, literally just flying, unplugging, throwing packs on the charger, just back-to-back rotating between 7HV, the 6HV, and the 700 Nitro. So went through some cool power finally. You know, I got to dwindle down that stash because I have a lot of it stored up. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take care of some of that for you. A lot by, I say a lot, but a lot by my standards. That's probably like three cases. So not... Not not a lot, not Dan standard <laughs> a lot. Just you know, for me that's a lot. <laughs> Been hitting the sim hard again, which which actually feels great because I, after taking a couple two week breaks, kind of forcefully, I didn't really stuff just kept coming up and I wasn't able to get out and fly. It's awesome to you know get back out fly four days in a row. Head out yesterday, hitting the sim half an hour every night again for the last couple weeks. It's finally good to know that I'm, you know, back at that flying level I was at, say, at Snohomish and working on a couple new moves. So definitely fired up again, which is just awesome. I definitely needed it. I think that's it. I went flying last weekend, blah, blah, blah. Got a bunch of flights in, blah, blah, blah. More importantly. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That was, uh, we just moved right through that. No, it was a fantastic weekend, much like Jesse. Beautiful weather, 65, sunny, no wind, both days, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. I don't know why I continually am surprised. And I don't know why I actually even say anything to myself. On a beautiful weekend, I go to the field, and there's not a soul to be seen. I just don't understand it. But it's way, that's the way it is. Me and my dog hanging out, flying helicopters, and uh, having a good time. Playing, uh, playing fetch. Oh, yeah. He's into the fetch thing now. <laughs> nice. So, but moving into the week, it's been like Christmas here at the old Dan <laughs> house. First and foremost, the new scooter's finally here. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, yeah. This, this is like a Ferrari. Compared to a Pinto that was old blue. This this scooter is just absolutely amazing. It's comfortable. It's huge. It's got big 13-inch pneumatic wheels, alloy rims, suspension, oil field shocks. Nice. Pulling on dubs. And uh fast. Does it throw your head back in the seat when you <laughs> when you uh yeah. press the accelerator? No, but I do that for effect. <laughs> If you played it in slow mo, you'd But let me tell you what can happen. This thing, you know, eight miles an hour, that's not fast. But for a scooter, that's fast. You know what I mean? It's it's almost like uncomfortably fast. What? Dude, it's like it's like (laughs) you get going and like if you you, Nick, do you remember at their fun fly? I remember I kind of shocked you a little bit because I was kind of running my scooter right at you and I was kind of looking at you and I just did that really fast, like... Yes. Do you remember that? Because you were like, whoa, because you thought I was like crashing or something. I thought you were going to tip over. (laughs) Yeah, a little Steve McQueen action there. (laughs) You couldn't do that with this one. It would throw your ass off the other side. It's just impressive. It's just an amazing machine. So I've, I've, you know, of course we did the whole, what are we going to call it? And had a whole slew of names suggested. Two of them have caught my eye. 
or ear as it would be. Plain and simple. Number two. Huh? Dude, it's not brown. <laughs> Is there a name in there? Number two. It's number two. You guys don't get it. All right. Moving on then. I get it, but. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm it not sounds feeling like the you're love. saying it's a piece of shit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming from you, Justin. That really surprises me. I mean, Captain Kirk called what's his ass number two. Did you get a number two? No, take he a number didn't. two or leave a number two. <laughs> oh, he called him number one, didn't he? He called him number one, oh, dude. My bad. You understand what I'm getting at, though. Okay, moving on. You guys don't like that name. All right, I get it. Okay, next. Carnage Collector. No? You're not feeling it? Fuck, tough crowd, uh, man. Tough. Uh, I, I get it. That one makes more sense. Yeah, I got that one. Yeah. Well, yeah, I got it, but. Well, you guys have nah. seen some of the suggestions. Have any of them caught your eye? No. <laughs> I can't remember what they are. Can you, uh, can you remind all, us? Well, they're silly. Silver Bullet, Silver Thrasher, Silver Bad, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So all of those <laughs> yeah. suggestions that you made just guys. all got no, summed no, up no, into No, 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 no. Here it is. Here it is. I, li- I like this one. The Platinum Chariot. that was the last suggestion on facebook and that is freaking priceless platinum chariot wow oh man so what i'm guessing is is we're not going to be able to come up with a name for this (laughs) i think it's just gonna have to be natural it's kind of the way old blues name came about it just happened one day i don't know but anyway so no name for the scooter fantastic love it can't wait to actually see how it does out of the field this weekend but there's more there's more i kind of like silent bob (laughs) (laughs) the target bag wagon (laughs) yeah i kind of like that one too actually silent bob just i I don't know got a little uh package from kde had a little quality alone time with this package (laughs) as you guys might be aware i'm talking about that uh battery tray system for the Goblin 500. Took a few shitty photos of it, put it on Facebook. Wow. So did he, in fact, break the edges, or was it a painful experience? <laughs> Plenty of gods around here and Neosporin. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this I mean, thing is we, I noticed you took a picture of it on a towel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the deposit towel? Oh, oh come on. <laughs> oh, God, man. Seriously. So, oh, this thing, I got to tell you, man, this. I uh, feel good that it's not me this week. <laughs> this is yeah. one impressive piece of machining. Can't wait to, to to take it out to the field and and just experience it. I mean, it's 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 kind of an, a spendy upgrade. There's there's no there's no question. Don't know the exact price yet. I do know that you have to buy battery trays. Now, here was the, I was talking to Patrick about it. I asked him, do the stock carbon trays fit? Yes, they do. Followed by, however, it's not a good idea. (laughs) I don't know what that means. Okay, that's fair. 
does that I don't know. But you know, it comes with pretty much the same kind of clip in system that the tray uh, Nick that you had for your seven hundred, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's just really nice looking. And I've got I got four battery trays for my four packs, and uh, and there's more besides the the bottom tray. As you you know, we've been talking about these charging cases. I caught the bug as well. As Nick mentioned, I picked up some goodies from him as he made a, a swap in his decision making right towards the end. I ended up picking up that uh, charger and the and as the and the uh, the deck lid right. Yep, I got one of those cases. Yep, and I will soon have some 900 watt power supplies. And we Nick mentioned briefly how. This is the first case I've ever built. I don't have a lot of these little electrical gadgets laying around, wire, you know, these, all that stuff. These new fandangled doodads. <laughs> so I cruise onto eBay and Amazon a couple nights ago. Start looking for some odds and ends. Some, you know, it's first you think, ah, it's just a few little things. It's not going to be that bad, right? You know, you get wire and you get the receptacle and you get the AC adapter and shit starts to add up. And I think like $150 later, I have all the little doodads on the way. <laughs> Damn dude, cool. 150 bucks for just bits and pieces. Yeah. It added up. I, I went with <laughs> probably better fans than I needed to go with. I don't know what I, I just decided that I wanted to make sure I had good fans in there. So but I found something that's kind of cool in Nick, how did you install those fans in yours? Are they just like epoxied in or bolted in or bolted? Yeah, I got in the back of mine I have three forty millimeter fans. Now, I just used a hole saw, drilled a hole, and then they have little bolt holes around them, so I put the grills on the outside, bolts through. Did you buy the server fan screws or did you just bolt them in with like standard metric or whatever? You had lane I took the fans that I had on mine were just, I think they're actually designed to be through bolted, like all the way through, because they, they were just like hollow straight through little tubes. So I went ahead and tapped them, and I think they ended up being like four millimeter. I, four millimeter. I learned something. What's that? Those, those are big like that on purpose. There are specially designed screws that are self-tappers, that are huge, that fit perfectly into those holes. Oh. I found those. They're fairly cheap. So I'm going to mount them Oops. in. going to mount them in like that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, got all the goodies coming. And, uh, you know, because I, I checked out the output voltage of my current power supply. You know, it was at like 7 volts a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it's at like 5 volts now. Ooh. It's dying fast. It's done, dude. Yeah. So I actually, in the meanwhile, I just have one of the Dell 750s, 12 volt, wired up to go to charge. Which is putting out more. Yeah, it's putting out more <laughs> Which, than yeah, what my current power. Stronger power-ed. than your other yeah. one. And, you know, it's not ideal, but it'll get me going. And I hope to have this all put together, I don't know, in a couple of weeks. I'm kind of doing the same thing you did, Nick. I'm I'm just going to wait until everything's here and kind of thoughtfully figure out where everything goes and uh, not try not to have to undo anything to redo. You really yeah. do have to think that through because what I find, like at least myself personally with those sorts of projects, if you just 
you know, slam it all together, you cut corners and you compromise and then it doesn't come out the way you want it. Yeah, I had to buy a, I went with 60 millimeter fans. I had to buy a 60 millimeter hole saw. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, I am also going to do the receptacle like you did, Nick, on the outside. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. super pumped about that. USB charging port. I don't think, I don't think I'm going to do, I don't, I haven't decided. I don't know if I'm going to do a 12 volt external um, auxiliary output like you have, but. I might. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to have it. You know what I mean? I'm going to, I bought like a 12 pack of those terminals. So uh, I'll have extras if I decide to do it. Yeah. I, I, you know, truthfully, I'll probably never, ever use it. But, yeah, I was going to say, I have some on mine just as extras and I've never used them. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> ever. <laughs> ever. I feel like it'll be like one of those rare occasions at a fun fly. That might be the only thing, you know. And then where, there is uh, the cool factor that it's there. Oh, dude, there's nothing wrong with strictly going off of just cool factor. I don't know. I'm actually looking forward to because the uh, the the box that I, or the case that I got is is tall. There's going to be lots of room in there. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to have it ready to go because i'm in desperate need of a decent charger and now i'm gonna have two of them i'm fully stoked about that now all i need to do is get a 700 electric up in the air yes so <laughs> i gotta start working on that next i gotta get that thing flying I'm looking forward to, i'm i am looking forward to just getting some of these winter projects done started and over with i don't know i i kind of have mixed feelings about the slowdown of the flying because it's when it's nice, I absolutely feel obligated to be flying, but I know there's a shit ton of other stuff I need to be doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? But the weather's nice, so I'm flying. Damn the other stuff. So that, you know, gotta get that stuff done. So, that's about it, guys. We'll do some news. Really. Got any news this week? So, Dan, you know, I'm getting a little tired of looking at my old and busted helicopter. I need something to spice it up, but I also want something that's functional because I hate just throwing bling on there that doesn't add any value. You got any ideas for me, man? Absolutely, dude. As we all know, Patrick at KDE, these guys make fantastic upgrades for your helicopter. They do all kinds of helicopters, mostly aligned, but they do Goblin and they got some Synergy stuff and... Of course, we all know the blade stuff. That's getting really popular. They got pretty much all the right upgrades that you'll need that not only add the bling, but they add the performance as well. Sweet, man. I'm going to head over to kdedirect.com right now and make it mine. All right. Well, guys, this week's news is brought to you by helidaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. What do you got for news, Nick? All right, so... MKS has out. We got some new micro servos, some DS93s. Uh, these are for the 450 class of helicopter. Um, yeah, yeah Crimini. They're cooking right along pretty good. 0. 0, 0.07 seconds at 4.8, 0.058 at 6 volts. Uh, coming in at 6 volts, about 3.1. 
1.15 kilograms per centimeter. That's cooking pretty good. Titanium alloy gears. Hmm. So what's hmm. going to blow up? Everything else. Everything else. <laughs> Hopefully the servo. Yeah, aren't. these are beefy little servos. Wow. Yeah, I'm just looking. You know what's interesting? They've got like the little motor thing sticking out. You can actually see the motor. Mm-hmm. Hmm. 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 Interesting. We've seen that before. We have seen that before. I have a set of those servos. <laughs> I have what I wonder is a set of these servos right here in my warp. I don't know. No, I it- I think these are MKS originals. Well, no, but the, maybe the ones that I have on. Yeah, now that that may be the case. But if you look back at a number of years, MKS actually did have servos like this in the past as well. Hmm. So hmm. it's well, not, it may be the first time we've seen I, them recently with the, with the motor sticking out, but it's not atypical. I think they're going to be freaking awesome. Just like, I mean... You know, the, the DS95s are just amazing. This is just going to be right well, up don't, there with them. It's the same specs as the 95s. It's it's mar- like 0. 0.1, 0.1 kilograms per centimeter more torque, and they're slower. Yeah, th- but I believe the motors are upgraded so that they are more efficient. Ah, uh, gotcha. So is yeah. this to replace the 95s or like the 92? twos or who i mean is i guess is there a reason for people with 95s to upgrade to these because that, that's not. what i'm running in the warp I, if you have a 95s right now i would stick with 95s gotcha yeah i mean i it's not like price MKS is better ever put out a bad servo um yeah so i, I would agree they don't seem like up upgrades but you well, know the, hey one thing to point out is the price is definitely cheaper by about 30%. So, yeah. Yeah, that's Yeah. That's so that's good. big. I, I, I these are supposed to be basically just a next generation upgrade to the original set of 450s. Like I said, I think they're a little bit more efficient, Jesse. The stats aren't much different, you're right. They're nothing super groundbreaking. Uh but they're going to be cheaper, they're going to be more efficient. Yep great 450 size servos nice sweet so uh a line put out a video hmm. holy cow back to the micro they go they came out with what was that was that the 100 it was the t-rex 100 yeah which was a huge fail um on pretty much all levels that's because it looked <laughs> horrible but now they've got a t-rex 150 i watched the hmm. video Got to tell you, that thing's cooking along pretty good. Looks like it, it is, rips. dude. <laughs> dude, it's it's ripping. <laughs> um, like seven thousand on the head or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it sounds very angry, very pissed, but very fast. And I did not hear, I did not hear much boggage at all. No I mean, boggage, and no. he's it. Kenny Co is flying it, and he's beating it. Yeah. So I, I don't know. This one could be could be interesting. 
I've got to say, know? I've never heard a helicopter of any size or brand that sounded more like an insect than this one. <laughs> I don't know if it was just, you know, the environment he was flying in, but. Well, we'll have to see how it goes. You going to get one, Nick? Probably not. Just so that he can <laughs> auto it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I doubt it. It'll auto that well. Uh they also released a 450L Dominator kit. So this one's got some new uh main shaft bearing blocks in it. The little Dominator motor. I mean, I you know, I got to tell you looking, I mean, really looking over these pictures, it's amazing to me where the 450s have come. You know, and Oh yeah. I, I mean, Compass Gowie, uh, you know, align with this this 450L deal. I mean, wow, they're they everyone has ramped it up big time, and I think they finally figured it out that you know 6S on on 350 millimeter blades is just the way to go. So I think it's cool because I think it could really bring back the 450 market because yeah. they just they fly so much different. They're I just fun. don't see. And yeah. they're cheap to crash. Yeah, they're fun, they're cheap, and I don't see a need. I mean, it's kind of weird, man, but I almost don't see a need for that T-Rex 500 size anymore. Yep. Nope, I, I agree with you, Nick. I, and I mean, there hasn't almost... really been, I mean, think about it. Look at all of the different sizes in the typical heli lineup, and then look at where all of the brands have been putting their effort lately, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you're never going to get a fall off in 700s. 600s, yeah, they're, I think they're they just kind of hang steady, you know? Yeah. 550s are super hot. These these 450s or the stretch 450s, which can, you know, swing the bigger blades, those are hot. What What has happened to the 250s and the 500s? I think the 250s went away because of all these 130X type helis that can actually fly kind of kind of good and then the 500s just been left in the dust yeah with this new class of 450 i just don't really see the i don't i just don't see the need yeah for and yeah the 250 why are you going to fly something that's that costs you know, 150 bucks to fix when you crash it yeah, exactly. You know, it's like the same crash cost as a as a four fifty. Yeah, flies a heck of a lot worse, <laughs> and it's way harder to work on. Yep. Yeah, I don't. I just don't care for that. But um, yeah. So anyway, uh, check that one out if you're into the whole line deal. Goblin has the manuals out for uh, the new competition series. Uh, both of them are up online, so if you were kind of curious and wanted to look through those uh, for the 6, what is it, 630 and the Goblin 700. Lion Helicopters, this is pretty interesting, speaking of the little ones. This company has put out a little, they call it a Goblin Conversion Kit, <laughs> and it's for, for your oh, brushless no. MCPX. <laughs> nice. <laughs> And it's like this little tail boom sleeve and this little goblin canopy and some blades and some little carbon fiber skids. Oh, dude, dude that is awesome. That's It great. looks sick. <laughs> like, it really does look freaking cool. How much is that thing? 
I don't know, but it's just so cool. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the first time I've actually seen it where it's like, this is dude. The stuff know. that these people do to bling out these little tiny yeah. helicopters is hilarious. I think it's like it's it's own little hob accessorizing them is just as much, if not more, of a hobby than actually flying them. That is crazy. Yeah. Uh, it's just matching weird. skids, matching blades. Even the blades have the the SAB green on them. Yeah. <laughs> so for those of you, you know, we've kind of talked about the Synergy N7. Uh, they just recently released some pretty nice pictures. I mean, with the canopy. Uh, wow. Yeah. Nick's in love. Dude. Nick's got a little bromance. Dude, oh, I'm yeah. I don't you, have Nick. a... This is... Oh, it's... I don't have a little bromance. Looking. This, this is This is, an this is awesome a full-on... I just helicopter. came out of the closet for this one. Because <laughs> uh, historically speaking, and I, I will be honest, I've always loved Synergy helicopters. Um, you know, the quality um, ever since, you know, when, when Matt came out with the N5... The N5 was one thing. The N5C was just like nailed it. I mean, nailed it. But the one thing that's always held them back has been these ugly canopies. The shape was funny. The color schemes were hideous. It just wasn't cool. The you know I started to get a little bit of hope when he when they did the E7 SE with the canopy for that. I was like, all right, now he's getting it. And then this thing. This is a completely different thing. It, this is actually yeah. a proper, like a modern, sexy, sleek, nice canopy. Mm-hmm. Nothing bulky. I mean, it's still got Synergy flavor, which is cool, but it really fits this helicopter. I, man, I dig it. This is... This could potentially be Nick's winter nitro build. Nice. Man, I just dig it. I'm sitting here looking. Say go, do you like, go the, do you like the colors, Nick? No, dude. I, I, I love When's all it the... going to be out? What's the price? I don't know what the price is yet. Uh, rumored. <laughs> Might not we're looking at like November. The, between November and December. For the helis to hit the market. So, man, I don't know. It's, uh, you know, he seemed to really fix a lot of the things that I didn't care for just about nitro in general, you know, like the, the fuel tank is sitting right under the main shaft on this. That's awesome. No more CG changing as you fly. It's just, I don't know. Looks like good deal. So we'll have to see if I can buck up, see what the price comes to. Hmm. All right. News of the week. Are we ready? Ready. Ready. Always. <laughs> oh, our buddies over there at Hobby King have uh, have released the HK Assault Seven Hundred. <laughs> it's even accented that way, isn't it? Yes, it is. Emphasis on ass. The assault. Oh, my God, we're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Help us all. I mean, 
It's basically a modified T-Rex 700 is what it looks like. Um, It is a little bit different, though. It, yeah, I was going to say, it has different features to it. It does. It's got almost a 450L uh, front end of the canopy, or a front end of the frame. It kind of looks like more of a, like a full-size, you know, like a full-size 450L. I don't know, man. I mean, well, but, would you guys seriously guys have, trust they, this thing? They have a good sense of humor there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I... I I don't know. I it's it's a different enough design that it it makes me wonder they had to have put some engineering into it. Really. Because it is. It's it it looks like a scaled up 450L with the nice pointy carbon fiber nose. It's like a one piece carbon fiber airframe. It doesn't have all the plastic bits that the T-Rex 700 has. I mean, you look at the head and you know that's a T-Rex copied head. It's oh, it's yeah. blatantly obvious, right? <laughs> but, okay, you know, we can point at other helis that have done similar stuff, heli companies. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I'm not going to buy one. But well, it's probably only like 60 bucks, so... <laughs> 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 for I don't know, yeah. dude. Look, have you seen the videos, Jesse? I haven't. I've just seen pictures. Like, let's. How about how about this? How about this? Let's let's start this conversation over again. If we didn't know it was from Hobby King, okay, and you just saw the videos and the pictures and whatever, what would you think of it, Nick? You know, if I didn't know that, I would be like, ah, oh, yeah, it's probably just okay. Yeah, yeah, it probably. Will you know, work is it fly. is it going to be like the next groundbreaking design? No, but it'll probably get the job done. It. I mean, I actually kind of like the frame layout personally. No, it's it's not bad. It's it's the concept that when you see it, like in the picture sitting here in the video, you know that it's like a a two hundred dollar airframe. Do you we know, know that? that How a, much is it? I think that it's like two nineteen. Two nineteen for that thing? Alright. Now I'm gonna Yeah, I'm gonna Jesse, can you look that up please? God. I mean yeah. if that's two nineteen, holy crap. You just want to try one to find out, huh? It's but dude, look at it, uh Dan. I am looking at it. I'm not gonna get one. Assault, holy crap, you're right. In stock, yeah. two fourteen ninety nine. <laughs> no way. So you're going to put a $214 airframe up in the air with that, with that freaking bright orange clone knockoff spectrum transmitter. <laughs> oh, I'm not. <laughs> okay, but yeah, dude, two two fourteen. What? I mean, a good seven hundred class. So I'm I'm having a little bit of a problem distinguishing what it is. Justin, is it 
Is it like, oh my God, that's only $214 or yeah. what the hell are they thinking? It's only $214. No, it's, oh my God, that's only $214. It's just so, so it's the hardware I mean, that is Dude, it doesn't part. look terrible. You're right. You you can't, It I, I say that it doesn't look terrible, but you can't see material defects in photographs now, can you? You can't no, see that it's not hardened bolts or you can't see that it's aluminum foil. Instead of <laughs> actual aircraft grade paper aluminum. mache. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm Those just... Those are wooden blades. The, air, the, the, the carbon fiber does look a little thin, but, you know, then again, we do have the Goblin, which is kind of like a hardened paper bag. <laughs> the canopy's more sound than it, it, it is, really. You're right. <laughs> I mean, you strap a battery into the thing, and it becomes like a thousand percent more rigid. And people fly that, so yeah, I think it's. N- Dude, are you seriously comparing a goblin to this thing? No, I'm. I'm. I'm being a little. I'm being a little sarcastic. Tongue in cheek. Yeah. A little sarcastic. Yeah. But okay. I won't. I'll let it slide I won't this buy time. one. Most people probably won't that know anything about helis, but I'm sure they're going to make a decent amount of money off of it. Let's dude. just hope that it's safe enough that nobody gets. That's the that's key. the key. Yeah, that's, that's the, the key. key. I, I don't agree. care if it looks like ass. You know, if if, if it's carbon fiber painted G10 or you know <laughs> machining marks all over the place, it doesn't matter. It's just. God, you know, with everything that's happened this year, 700 class machines should not be taken very lightly. And 200 and, you know, 20 bucks just doesn't buy you that good of materials, no matter how big of a manufacturer that, you know, you are. Dude, it even says that it's mostly pre-built, requiring only a few hours for final assembly. Yeah. Oh, it's just scary to think that now, you know, I'm not kidding. That transmitter is 65 bucks. What transmitter are you talking about? The orange one. That's the name. Orange. It's an orange transmitter. (laughs) The orange transmitter. (laughs) You think I'm kidding? It's the orange. They put a lot of thought into that. Yeah. They got some marketing gurus on the in on that conversation. What pops into your head when you look at this? Orange. <laughs> oh, citrus. <laughs> they should have called it citrus. Yeah. Citrus transfer. Something. But sixty five bucks. And and you know, you throw a pair of freaking zippies in this thing and a and a Hobby King motor and a Hobby King speed controller. Fifteen amp analog servos. Of, yeah, Hobby King servos. Fifteen amp <laughs> servos. <laughs> I mean you're you're putting a 700 class heli in the air, flying, all said and done for like 600 bucks. Now, here's the thing: this is this is the question I would want answered. Are these parts being reproduced by another factory? Say, you know, they stole the design from a line, or are they actually a line OEM parts? And they're just being bought in bulk, so they get them cheap, and they don't have the Align name. You know, because traditionally, now, okay. the HK stuff is is not. It is definitely yeah produced in a different facility with completely different.
different standards. Standards and tolerances. If it turned out to I be aligned parts, it would be pretty impressive for the price. Yeah. No, I don't. Any of the HK stuff that I've seen has been like, like you just put it in your hand and you're like, well, it resembles a swash plate, but damn. <laughs> I almost kind of feel like it would be worth 215 bucks just to get your hands on it and see what the hell the thing is all about. Do it. Even if it doesn't fly. Uh, all their stuff is just so sketchy. Like, you know, you get the whole, the whole, uh, the, you can buy like the Turnigy transmitter. Mm hmm. <laughs> you, you can buy gimbals for the transmitter. I don't That's know, man. That's scary. I'll tell you what's scary that canopy. What the hell were they thinking? They were thinking it's two hundred and fifteen yeah. bucks. No one's gonna even <laughs> be notice. happy we painted it at all. Man, <laughs> I don't know. Well, they had they had a few leftover ca- uh, spray can ca- cans in the closet, and they said we should use this. <laughs> they uh, they I sure want, didn't I, do any hard three D in the video. That's no, sure. they didn't do any hard three D. I did notice that, and it looked like it was spinning about thirteen hundred RPM. That's because it implodes. Because the helicopter <laughs> like actually deflected in slow motion Whoa, when it hit a blade of grass. Maybe Dan's right. Maybe those are wooden blades. Can't run them above thirteen hundred. <laughs> <laughs> you think the parts are interchangeable with a line? Wouldn't I'm surprise sure me. Some. Yeah. I don't know. Well, we'll see. We can just cross our fingers and hope no one gets hurt. And that's it. That wraps up my news. That's it for news? Yeah. Anybody else got any news? No news. None. No news. All right, guys. This week's news has been brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news. You know, guys. One of the best things about being in our position is the ability to give back to our listeners. And lucky for us, Gen's Ace Batteries shares the same ideas. Just for you, they're offering a 10% discount code on all their batteries. That's right, guys. So head over to www.hobbyparts.com, enter in the code RCHN10 at checkout to get that 10% discount on your next order. Reviews, reviews, reviews. We got a few reviews today. Reviews. You want to go first, Justin? You want me to go I'll first? I'll go first. Wow me with your review. Are you ready? Lay it, lay it on me, brother. So I am finally reviewing the Helibug Power Bug Generator, or alternator as they call it. I know it's been a long time. I've had it now. I've had I've been running it in the heli for Oh, man, easily since August, late August, so a couple of months, which means I've gotten at least like seven flights on it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just messing with you. So, uh, you know, this first, before I get started, I want to thank Ollie and Carrie Shirley. Ollie is the owner at Helibug, and he's actually the designer of this device. And I'm going to thank Carrie because Carrie was the one that kept bugging Ollie until he actually put something like this together. 
Carrie's been giving him a hard time about getting something along these lines designed for years now. And so he finally uh, pulled out the drawing board and got it put together. And so what we have here is the Helibug Powerbug alternator. It is what it sounds like. It's an actual alternator for a gasoline uh, radio control heli or even car engine. So it works on, it fits on any of the Zenoa RC series of engines. So for those of you running the PUH motors, sorry guys, not going to happen. But this particular device will fit on the Zenoa G230 all the way up to the 290 and any of the modded engines that come off of those designs. For example, mine is a uh, was a stock Zenoa G260 that TRM modified and is now the, the TT270 turbo. And it, it fits perfectly fine. There are a couple of different options here. The baseline alternator comes basically with the alternator coil itself that goes into the engine and then the AC to DC converter, as they call it. Uh, you can also get the regulator slash charger that goes along with it. And actually, right now, those are free if you order the full alternator itself. And that's a limited time offer. I don't know how long that's going to last, but uh, I figured I'll throw it out there for those of you who are interested. Really, what we're dealing with here is a three-piece device. When I got this, my first impression was, wow, it's kind of big. You, you know, you'll see in the photos uh, what I'm talking about here, but you've got the, the coil of the alternator itself isn't really that big of a deal. It's the size that it needs to be to fit inside the engine. The AC to DC converter, which basically amounts to a single phase rectifier diode uh, and a very large capacitor, is about the size of maybe your pinky finger, maybe a little bit fatter. So, you know, not huge, doesn't really add a lot of weight, but it's awkward and, and you know, might be tricky to find a spot on the heli to, to mount it. And then there's the regulator charger. Now, Ali, you are the man for putting all this stuff together. It works great. It works as advertised. But my one criticism here is that the regulator uh, unit itself is is really quite large for what I think it, it could be. Um, what you'll see when you look at the photos is that this is a single uh, printed circuit board. It's got an input and an output side. And so basically what you do is you attach the alternator coil onto the engine in the fan compartment or the fan uh, case. And it basically bolts directly onto your uh, magneto ignition system. And it runs off to the side. And so as the magnets in the fan spin around, that alternating field produces a voltage in the coils, which then gets run into the rectifier and gets rectified up to DC and gets cleaned up by the capacitor. And then you go into your regulator. Here's the problem. The regulator is like the size of a credit card. And it comes with a little digital LED display that allows you to look at input and output voltages. Uh, in principle, it's really handy. 
The only challenge is it's really sort of hard to see the uh, the voltage numbers that are read out on the LED. They're 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 red LED displays, and in daylight, they're they don't show up really all that well. Furthermore, I found on mine that the accuracy of the meter on board wasn't all that great. It wasn't terrible, but when you plug a a multimeter or a voltmeter into the output of this thing and actually read the true voltage, say at idle, uh, you're, you're getting a number that's off by as much as a half a volt. So, you know, really at the end of the day, the, the little led indicators on board, I think we could go without them. Uh, there are a couple of other features that might be able to be shrunk down on the board as well. But again, you know, for what it is and on a gasser, let's we'll put it into perspective here. This goes on a gasser helicopter. They're already big and heavy. Most people aren't using them to go and throw down crazy 3D like they would on an electric or even a nitro. And so for for a gasser that's at 12, 13 pounds already, adding another, you know, quarter of a pound, which I believe it's about that much, it's 120-ish grams, isn't the end of the world, okay? And there are other options if you don't want to use the regulator and charger. Moving on to the installation. The installation itself was actually pretty straightforward. Uh, you'll see in the written review, once I get it published here, I... I show a couple of steps on how it can be done. Um, you know, depending on your engine, I've talked to a couple of people who have said that their particular coil was a little bit of a challenge to get inside the fan case uh, without it rubbing. And so you may have to use a Dremel and grind a little bit on the fan case. At the end of the day, it's it's not the end of the world. It's really easy to do. And then the the spacing itself is not really all that critical. So most people who have messed with these types of engines know that the ignition coils need to be spaced appropriately to get the right ignition voltage. And usually the credit card rule is a good way to go. If you slide a credit card in between there or a business card, something like that, that gets you about a millimeter, a millimeter and a half. That's that's perfect for this uh, this too. Um, if you get two or three millimeters, it's still not the end of the world because it's designed in such a way that it's insensitive to spacing. It's still going to put out a good amount of power. So once you get the coil installed, uh, you run your wires out and attach it to the rectifier and capacitor, which is what they're calling the, the AC to DC converter. Um, and then that has a wire that runs to the uh, or the regulator. And then that regulator has an output that runs to your power system. So before I talk about the power system and how everything works there, let me go over some specs. It's designed to operate on a gasser, okay? Its voltage output is a function of RPM. And so when you're looking at a gas helicopter that runs 12 to 14,000, you're looking at maximum output voltage of 10 to 16 volts, capability and then at idle you're at four and a half to five and a half volts thereabouts okay it it can put out about three amps maximum at full speed 
or about an amp at idle. And here's the really nice thing. If you go ahead and get the actual uh, regulator slash charger itself, it's got a little blue potentiometer on there that allows you to out or adjust the output voltage. So uh, you click one button to turn the LED display on, and then you click the second button on the right of the LED display to get it to tell you what output voltage it's running at. And then from there, you can adjust that voltage with the, the potentiometer itself. What's nice about that is that you can fine tune the output voltage of the system to the type of battery that you're using. Uh, you know, what, what I want to make sure people understand is that this is not something that replaces a receiver pack. This is something that supplements the receiver pack. You can kind of think of it in the same way as, say, the Scorpion backup guard. Uh, it does it does things a little bit different, but it's there to help you out. Um, and, and it does so as follows. Let's say you're running, I, I'm running a, an LIFE pack, okay? Uh, I'm running a Genzace 2S 2100 LIFE as my receiver pack. So we know that fully charged and LIFE puts out about 3.6 per cell, all right? And as we talked about recently, that charge curve is really drastic early on. It drops from 3.6 down to 3.3 pretty darn quickly, right? And then holds that 3.3 per cell until it's almost completely dead. 2S pack at 3.3 gives me 6.6 volts. So if I set the output of the regulator and charger to 6.6 volts, then and, and I do so at full throttle, not at idle, okay? And I'll tell you how I did that in a second. Then basically what I've got is as my heli is running, my power bug alternator is providing a constant 6.6 volts to my power system at a current up to three amps or whatever the demand is. Um, so once my battery drops below that, it will charge my battery. The nice thing about that is that if the, ba the, the battery will actually never run out, you're not going to over discharge your pack because once the battery gets below 6.6 volts or 3.3 per cell, it will begin to draw current from the generator. The generator can also act to provide power to the power system if it needs it. But if you set it up correctly, that's not ever going to be an issue. This, I mean, it's, it's actually pretty impressive. So on the gasser with a 2100 milliamp LIFE pack, 6.6 .6 volts, okay, 2S. Um, I ran this thing for over an hour of flight time, okay, over an hour of flight time. And when I recharged it, I only put 750 milliamps back into it. That is wow. absolutely nice. impressive. Yeah. And when I look at, when I go and pull the pack off and I look at the state of the cells um, on a little charge balancer or my charger, it tells me I'm at 3.29 to 3.3 per cell. So it is doing what it's expected to do. 
Um, and there's no particular like you could you could actually use any of our normal chemistry of batteries that we have no. available. With no. Yes. So thank you, Nick. That was what I was going to get to next. Um, you got to understand that this particular regulator is a very simple design. It doesn't have any protection on it. Uh, it doesn't have any understanding of the charge state of the pack itself. Okay. It doesn't know when it's overcharged. It doesn't know when to stop. It doesn't balance either. And so what, what it's advertised to work for is nickel metal hydride, um, nickel cadmium or LIFE packs. I personally would not recommend using this on a lithium polymer receiver pack. Um, I, I've heard that people have tried it. Uh, I haven't heard any negative results on it, but here's the thing. The, the lipo is quite a bit more sensitive to balancing than your typical other battery chemistries out there. And since this doesn't balance, it just provides a current. Uh, you can get yourself in a situation where you overcharge a one cell compared to another. You just don't want to mess with it. And so what you're going to want to use this guy with, I think it makes the most sense to use an LIFE. There's no, oh, yeah. there's no point yeah. in going back to the kind of low energy densities that you get out of the nickel chemistry batteries. So you pop a small LIFE on there. Uh, you know, we're talking a couple hundred milliamps. You don't need the big monster 2100 that I use, but that's what I had available. And so it made sense. So you get yourself a small LIFE. You set your output voltage at at governed throttle or at whatever throttle curve you're using for about 6.6. And then once the battery drops below that, it will draw the power off of the Helibug uh, power bug and basically stay charged to that level from there on out. What was the output? What was the amperage capability of it again? It's it's capable of about three to three and a half amps up at maximum RPM. And so it's not putting out a ton, um, but it gets the job done for keeping the battery topped off. And the battery still will act as the reservoir from which a majority of the power demanded from the servos and fly barless system will come. Mm -hmm. So how do we set the thing? Setting it is, it's not a big deal. You set, you have to actually run the thing up. So what does that mean? Well, you got to take the blades off of your heli, take the tail blades off, take the main blades off, put in hearing protection and don't do it in a <laughs> confined space. Okay. <laughs> Those are, I didn't have to learn the first two the hard way because we just all know that you don't run up a heli anywhere near yourself with blades on it. Blades came off instantly. Okay. The latter two, you know, it's not rocket science. And yet it was raining out initially. And I figured, well, okay, uh, I don't need to do this. Well, okay, you do. At 14, 12, 14,000 RPM, that gas engine is so freaking loud. You cannot hear yourself. You can't hear anything. It's crazy. And it puts out a fair amount of exhaust. So you don't want to kill yourself with carbon monoxide, monoxide poisoning. So once you get past those somewhat 
small challenges. You get yourself a digital multimeter. You plug it into the output of your uh, uh, charger slash regulator. Okay. And you go into either, you know, whatever your idle up is for uh, governed RPM or throttle curve. Get it up there in RPM. And then you read your voltage and adjust the potentiometer that way. And the pot is very sensitive. So you can adjust it literally in, you know, tenths of a of a volt very easily. So it should not be a problem to get yourself to 6.6 or thereabouts. Okay, so once you get that, bring it back down, turn it off, get it all set up, put the blades back on, take your hearing protection out, go take a deep breath of clean unsmogged air uh and then you're ready to go um i actually have a video i took a video of this and that'll get posted up as a link uh when i post the actual online review so you guys will be able to see what i mean by that and what i basically do is uh run the thing up right there you can see the voltage coming up on the uh digital multimeter as the engine speeds up and then i show you that i've set it to 6.6 the the other thing just to give you a feel for things and i do i want to make sure that you guys know this is a disclaimer do not do this okay don't do it i did it for demonstration purposes only because i wanted to see what this thing could do okay you can actually start the helicopter or or run the helicopter off of the uh system itself without the battery and so that's the kind of current that this thing is putting out um i only did it on the ground with the with the blades off okay while i was setting my voltages once you get it up at a governed head speed if you pull the battery you still got power to the fly barless system the receiver the fly barless everything responds to just to give you a feel for uh, how reliable and, and the kind of power that you're getting out of this. Again, don't do that. It was just for demonstration. Trained professional. <laughs> Trained professional. You're right, Dan. Uh, w- one other note, I did not get an opportunity to do this myself, but I have heard from other people that you can do this. Again, I, I mentioned there are three parts to it. The third part being the regulator charger. I've heard that you can actually make use of a normal BEC that's on the market, say, for example, a Western Robotics or a Castle, in place of the regulator. Uh, and, and basically, you know, again, the BEC is exactly the same thing as the regulator. It takes an input voltage and it outputs an output voltage of your desired value. The challenge there is that the BECs that we usually mess with don't always have the kind of tunability uh, that you would want in order to get the voltage for, say, the LIFE chemistry. Uh, so I I didn't mess with it myself. People have messed with it before. So if that's something you're interested in, do some research before you do it. So that, you know, that's that's pretty much it. Uh, you can pick up the Powerbug alternator at uh, helibug.com. It's also available, uh, I believe, at Dave's Discount Motors, which for those of you in the RC car world is a huge uh, gas um, car model 
website. It's $130, and that gets you the alternator and the AC to DC converter. And like I said, right now, if you buy it directly from Helibug, you get the regulator charger for free. I don't recall how much that is separately when you're not getting it for free on the limited time offer. But I I think if you are running a gasser, there's pretty much no reason not to have this. Uh, it does exactly what it's supposed to do. It does so very reliably, at least in the experience that I've had with it thus far. And I've put a couple of hours of flight time on the thing so far uh, of total stick time itself. So many flights. Um, yeah, it's a little heavy, but it's not the end of the world because we're talking about a gasser anyway. So, yeah, I, I think uh, I think this is a great product. I, again, want to thank. Ali of Helibug for giving us the opportunity to do the review and Carrie for coming up with such an awesome idea. And uh, if you guys have questions, feel free to, to hit me up on email or in the forums. Sweet. Dig it. Yeah. So I guess that's my cue. That's your cue, dude. <laughs> it's all you. So KDE motor, SAB goblin rocks. The end. Yeah. <laughs> That's all it's needed. <laughs> so, as you guys know, uh, I've been uh, very fortunate to have Patrick send a few things over. Talked recently about some uh, other upgrades available for the Goblin 500, including the, the recently acquired battery tray. This week, uh, to kind of continue on that 500 goblin theme of upgrades. I want to talk a little bit about the motor. Now, there, the, the thing is, Patrick wanted me to fly the stock 4120, 1200 kV quantum motor for a while and then throw his motor in and kind of get my impressions. Um, Kind of the differences between the two. You know, that, that, uh, the quantum has, there's two different motors. There's the 4115 and the 4120. The 4115 is for sport flying. The 4120 is for, um, more 3D stuff. I, in my kit, had the 4120. Basically, you know, unlike, um, Nick's experience, with the KDE motor. And I can't remember, Nick, did you have like the 395 or the 495 KV? 495 KV. It was pretty much, it was pretty heavy compared to the stock version of yeah. that particular motor. Well, right off the bat, one of the first things I noticed was this KDE motor actually, it's not a lot, but it does come in a few grams less. 290 versus 265 grams. 270 some, I believe. Uh, with the wires and the bullets added into the picture. So it's a little less, you know, I don't know if that makes a big difference to some of you. To me, it, to me, that's not really an issue. I know Nick and Jesse and these guys, they try to shave off every ounce they can. So if that's a consideration, we'll start there. We'll get some of the kind of the, I guess the specs out of the way, just so you guys are aware. This KDE motor is the, 500XF 
1450 kV motor. It's a fantastic motor, typical kV colors, black can, silver end pieces. I guess they're called end bells, what they call those. Mm-hmm. Uh, very nice finish, typical KD quality there. There are two versions of this motor. One is specifically for the 700 or the 600. <laughs> Which one is it for? It's for the 500 Goblin. <laughs> 700, nope, 600, nope, 500. It's for one. Eventually, you'll get it right. You just keep throwing out numbers, right? Uh, basically, the, the only difference is the cost. And the 600 or the 500 Goblin has a six millimeter shaft all the way through, top to bottom. The other version is a little less expensive. Uh, six millimeter internal shaft and tapered down to five millimeter for most other 500 slash 550 helis out there, aligned and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, eight pole motor. It's uh, one nice thing for us goblin people is, uh, and I think some of the manufacturers are getting past this, but I remember when the goblins first came out, the big issue was you had to cut the main shaft down to accommodate the batteries. This one is for the goblin, no modification required, straight drop in, no issues there. If you're interested in the various specs, you can go to the KDE webpage, what you should do anyway, to check out all the cool upgrades that they have. You can find this list of the specs in the PM or PWM rate, uh, where the suggested settings, motor timings, that kind of stuff. Um, there is one bit of interesting information that I just recently found out about and haven't had a chance to test out yet, but apparently... KDE, Patrick at KDE, has been working very close with uh, Castle on this, on the, well, I'm sure all of his motors, but means that this is the one that I'm focusing on, on this motor. If, if you happen to be running a Castle Talon 90 or other version of ESC that will work with this particular motor, there are there is available to you from KDE if you email Patrick at sales at kdedirect.com, he will get you access to some super secret firmware that is specifically optimized for this motor. Uh, I found out about this just a few days ago, and I haven't got it from him yet. Partially because I haven't emailed him yet. <laughs> so hopefully I'll get that before the weekend and get a chance to fly to fly that and kind of give you guys a, a heads up on that, maybe in the written review. But apparently it optimizes, uh, you know, because there, and I'll get into this in a little bit, but there, there were some things that I noticed about that motor. And uh, in particular, the, the running temperature was a little, little on the warm side. But the motor does come wired up with that uh, fantastic I, I the the wire nick is that a single strand what is that wire that comes on those motors it's not that hard typical motor uh, no wiring. it's you know, not typical motor wiring it's actually more like uh ESC battery um yeah yeah it's like so regular, regular battery high, wire high strand count. yep yeah stranded yeah, versus solid core very flexible and it's got for you talent guys and um I don't know that any other, I'm not sure, you know, not sure if there are any other ESCs that have this, but it's it's already 
everything's all wired up. You don't have to do any soldering if you're using a Talon 90, which I was using. I am using. Um, the wires are cut perfectly to length for the Goblin. Nice. I mean, to the point where when you start putting it together, you're like, oh, is this actually going to fit? I mean, am I, is there, because it's that, but once the wires are connected, it's getting that very last one on the far side. That's a little tricky, but once it's in there, it's a perfectly snug fit. I did, I did put a little bit of a, I wasn't real comfortable with how tight the wires rode against the edge where they come out of the motor down towards the ESC. I did put a little bit of double-sided foam servo tape underneath those wires, um, mainly because I couldn't find a little file. Uh, so I just wanted to be sure that I didn't chafe any ESC wires. No issues there. Several flights. Can't even, I don't even know if I needed to do that. There's no wear on the, on the foam. It's certainly not affecting it in any way, shape, or form. But it does fit in there nicely. And um, the wires are perfectly cut for that ESC. So to the flight, oh man. First of all, there's really nothing wrong with that quantum motor. I don't think, anyway. I mean, it didn't feel... It felt it felt fine when I was flying it. And um, But I got to tell you, I, I, put the, I put the KDE motor on. Uh, the first thing I noticed was... It seemed a little bit quieter. I mean, the whole heli itself. I don't know if that, if the motor, it's, it must have been. I mean, I can't imagine why else it would sound quieter. But the first thing I noticed was the pure grunt that KDE motor had. It just pulls. It just pulls that helicopter. Doesn't matter what you're doing. It, it, the, the power delivery felt smoother all the way around. And where I was able to get crazy with the collective, with the quantum, and actually notice a little bit of bogging, hearing the the motor actually trying to maintain a head speed, you could hear it with the quantum. You couldn't hear it. It just sounded smooth all the way through, no matter what you were doing. That's pretty. KD. I mean, that's pretty. I find that really intriguing and really interesting because, you know, for someone... It's one thing when we're, you know, talking about like some smack pilot, you know, and everything. Oh, I think this one's got more power or anything. But, you know, for Sportfire, a guy who's getting into 3D, for you to notice a difference, I mean, that that says a lot, I, I think. I got to tell you, not only did I notice the difference, but I fly with a guy here locally quite a bit. Name's Fred. Talked about him before. You guys have all heard me mm-hmm. mention him. And he he didn't he didn't really know that I'd switched the motors out. Um, he showed up, I was already flying and he said, while the heli was in the air, canopy on it, no way to tell. He said, what'd you do to that helicopter? I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, listen to it. And I said, yeah, he says, I, I can't hear. I can't hear the motor struggling to maintain the head speed. It just sounds a lot smoother. So even Fred knows crazy it. man. Um, awesome. The the concern I had, and I had to adjust the. I did have to turn the governor 
uh, gains up to 25. To I was just getting some weirdness at the lower governor head setting, at the governor setting. Mm-hmm. Right? Is that the latest castle revision? I, that is not the latest castle revision. That's the latest castle re- revision for the Talon 90, but it is not this private release. No, no, no. For, but for just, this okay, and that falls in line with what we've all kind of noticed, which yeah. is it does some funky stuff if it's too low. Yep. Yeah, and 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 just like you were saying, it's not only it's not only the a bogging issue. Um, it was a just some weird noise issue. Um, uh, I don't want to say chatter because it wasn't too high, but it just did. It felt a little spongy. Is that I don't know if that makes sense to you guys, but it just yeah. didn't feel. Yep. Turning the gain turning the gain up on the quantum did help that. So I did notice that with the quantum quantum as well. Left the gain the same. So when I swapped them out, I basically just changed. Uh, it's they're, they're both eight pole motors. I didn't really have to change a lot. Changed KV. Changed. Uh, I did. Um, I did change the gearing a little bit. I went uh, the stock gearing on a Goblin is eighteen tooth pulley. Uh, I went with a seventeen tooth, and I went. I my head speeds are twenty one, twenty two, and twenty three. And I'm finding 22 to just be the sweet spot. Yeah, it's just it's nice. It's it's perfectly smooth. It's not hyper crazy fast. I'm sure some of you SmackDown pilots out there are going to want to change that. Maybe, maybe you can definitely get a higher head speed if you so choose. Uh, I'll probably play around with that a little more this weekend. I did get a couple more opinions in just to see what I can do with this KDE motor with no intentions. I don't think unless I run across some crazy combination that I really like. I just want to see what's going to happen. But where I was going with that is I was noticing um, that the motor does come down fairly warm. I, I'm not, I don't have a lot of electric experience, so I don't know what would be considered good or bad, but I could hold my hand on there for a fair amount of time. But it, when I say fair amount, maybe five seconds, it starts to get too hot. Got to pull my hand away. Oh, geez, that's nothing. What are your ESC <laughs> yeah. settings? You can touch it then. Uh, in particular, the... For PWM and timing. Eight and five. Is five low? I can't remember on timing. Five is, five low, is low. Yeah. low. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, if you yeah. can hold your hand on it for seconds, then it's okay. Yeah. Well, it it's basically what I'm getting at. It's coming down hotter than the quantum motor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so take that for what it's worth. Now I'm I'm I was wishing I have a Raytech uh, gun, temp gun. Those don't work real well if there's no batteries in them. No, no, they <laughs> I found don't. Found that out. So the idea is to get that actually just pick up some batteries on the way to the field tomorrow, uh, and get that take a get an actual temperature reading. But you know, uh, and then also too try the new firmware. Um, which I am going to hopefully get tomorrow uh, with an email to Patrick and uh, Sunday, give that a shot and see if that comes down to see if the temperatures. And if I do find a difference in the written review, I will note that stuff as well. Um, you know, coming from a guy who doesn't really know electric all that well, I've, I've noticed, I have noticed that those little, nuances I'm, I'm actually able to pick up on the biggest one that probably means the most to your average flyer uh, not you know 
is definitely the the sheer smoothness of this motor is its ability to maintain the head speed doing ridiculously <laughs> uncontrolled <laughs> collective maneuvers i mean just just yes. slamming it Love you know it. just getting silly with the stick <laughs> just and it just pulled i did not have i didn't have the issues of the head speed degrading at all it just handled it um i've probably got i've got about 30 or 40 flights on the motor and it's um it's coming along nicely i mean it's it's a fantastic motor i I, i'm keeping it on there it's not it's not coming off you'll have to pry it out of my cold dead hands (laughs) the quantum is going away i'm gonna I'm going to give that to Quinn, I believe. So, oh, there you go. Nice. I think uh I think, you know, for those of you who it's it's going to it's going to work for everybody. I'm sure that you 3D Smackdown flyers are going to be able to find that gearing combination that gives you the crazy head speed if you're looking for it. If you if you fly more like I do, which is more big air, beginning 3D um Man, you're going to notice the smoothness, and it's going to handle the head speeds. That I know, 2200 for me is for that heli is just it's just right. It um, I'm running 12.5 on the collective, and um, it doesn't. I'm not experiencing that. Uh, I, I, when I first started playing around with the Goblin, I tried to go a little crazy with it. Lots of uh, collective, lots of head speed, and man, was it poppy but it was a little too erratic and the KDE just fit the bill. I dropped it right in. I went down one tooth to a 17 tooth pinion and I just did a basic, you you don't even have to know a lot about the electric stuff. If you go with a basic setting with the low timing and uh, just, just look at the, look at the manual or look at the specs and follow along and uh, put your, you know, like Nick and these guys have said, and I as well had the luck with, with uh, the mid range on the Governor Gain, twenty twenty five, worked fantastic. Awesome, dude! Cool. Sweet, great man. motor, nice. Um, so here's my plan. My plan is to I want to kind of combine all of these KDE reviews into kind of one Goblin five hundred upgrade from KDE. Uh, so that being the case with the addition of the bot- the battery tray system, um, that's just super sexy. That's going to be an easy ride up <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> I'll get a, I'll get a chance to, uh, fly it, um, get a chance to really, uh, I've got it in the helicopter right now, but I, I it's just in, I haven't had a chance to really do anything with it, um, Tomorrow, of course, that's going to change. If I notice any difference in the way it flies, it's definitely stiffer. There's no question. Um, and uh, I'll do that right up this week sometime. I'll, and we will talk about a very short talk uh, next week about the battery tray system. And then the following Monday, when that show releases, there will be a write-up on all of these components in one review. Awesome. Nice. Got to say thank you to Patrick and Leslie for showing us the love. 
and supporting the show the way they do. Uh, fantastic upgrades. You know, you just can't say enough. The work that those guys put into the hobby and, and uh, you know, coming up with these motors and all these upgrades for lots of different machines. You know, it's fantastic. It's great to have a guy like Patrick in the hobby. So thank you, Patrick and Leslie, for allowing us to check out some of your stuff and uh, giving us a chance to let our listeners know about what we think of that, those products. That's about it, guys. So, Jesse, I heard you had a really bad crash last weekend, man. I did. It really sucks being a poor, starving college student, you know, trying to get those parts ordered, but sometimes the funds just aren't quite there to pay for them, if you know what I mean. Hey, I know what you mean, man, but I got the solution for you. If you head over to helipros.com, they've got the bill me later option. That means that you can pick up all the parts you need to get your heli back in the air, and you have no payments and no interest if paid in full in six months. Dude, bill me later? That's awesome. I am going to go check it out. And remember, guys, fly hard. HeliPros has the parts. I mean, we've been doing a lot of reviews. It's that time of year. It's what we do this time of year, right? Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> but there, the good news is, uh, I think a lot of you saw on Facebook, uh, Nick had a picture he put up of his boy with an RC Heli Nation hat. Yes. Sparked okay. a little interest. Sparked a little interest. We've got some good news. Those hats are now for sale. The only the, the only thing is, is you need to be aware, is they they will be shipped out once a week. So if you order one on a Friday, it will not be shipped out until probably what, Nick, the following Saturday or Friday? Yeah, I'm not... I'm going to be the one doing it. I'm just not sure. Uh, I'll be honest. I don't know what day of the week that is. It's it's going to be consistent once I get it figured out. It's just going to, truthfully, it's going to kind of depend on what day works best for Nick. <laughs> yeah. But I'll, yeah, I'll so, try and stay consistent with it. At yeah, least. once you fall so into we'll, a groove. Yeah, once we fall into a groove, then, then we'll know. But it's cool because we don't have to do like the whole pre-order of eight weeks. Exactly. Weeks, that whole deal. Along with the along with the hats, we are putting in an order for shirts very soon. Uh, I, I we're not going to do pre-orders, but it might look. Look, if you want a shirt, maybe we'll start a thread on our forum and just you know, if you think you want a shirt, just maybe put what size you need in there. That might give us a better. I mean, we already kind of know from past sales what sizes we need to get but if you happen to need an irregular size like a small or a 4xl just let us know that way we'll know to get one or two of those because we're probably just going to get the standard sizes now i'm guessing we're going to put that order in soon within the week Mm -hmm. um also along that line um i've had a bunch of emails about the hoodies we're kind of get up for us up in the northern hemisphere, anyway, we're starting to get into winter. Yeah, we got to get the uh, hoodies going again. cold. Here's the deal, though. Here's what the hoodies, those are a little tougher to do. <sighs> we will be starting a pre-order soon. We'll probably release most of this. We'll probably get the hat stuff on the webpage ASAP. When we figure out exactly what we're going to do with the hoodies, which most likely will be a limited pre-order. In other words, we're not going to 
we're pretty sure we're going to hit the limit that we need. So we're not going to put a time limit other than for the next three weeks. Uh, well, I guess we are going to put a time limit, <laughs> but we're not going to put a quantity limit before we order. How does that sound? Yeah. The best part about that is it is a pre-order. Um, so, but it's just going to, you're going to know ahead of time that if you, if we start the pre-order on the first of the month, for example, you, you will know by the third, at the third week, if we do three weeks, which is probably what we'll do, that's when your order will go in. So again, if you think you want a hoodie, um, and as I remember the hoodies, refresh my memory, guys, did we decide that you should order a size big than bigger than what you think. Do you guys remember? No, the there? sizing was fine. It was just that the neck, like the neck hole, was a little. Was it the, one kinda, of them? Was it the shirts? One of them. One of them. I think I thought we'd come to. The I thought it was the hoodies. I, th- I think they're like a half size. That's Exa- what. Yeah, I think. that's that's what I thought. They're and the neck, the neck is a little tight, but that's something that. Uh, I think they're about half size small. So if you're in between a large and an extra large, then get definitely the get an extra large. Yeah. So again, you know, we'll start a thread on our forum as well for that. And it's, it's, you're not obligated. It just let us know what size it is. And that'll just help us decide what sizes we should get. And again, uh, no matter how many we have, when the three weeks is up, we are going to put the order in. And then... That way you won't, we won't have to. And that, and two things is it won't let the pre-order get crazy ridiculous like the last couple have got. And they just get really hard to keep track of. And those of you who do get them, you won't have to wait um, an exceptionally long time while we are waiting for a minimum quantity. Mm-hmm. Uh, shipping are the, the, I want to clear something up. Because there's a little bit of confusion with the last pre-order. We're going to do the same thing this time. We are just going to have a flat rate. The shirt, the hat, the hoodie is going to be a flat rate. Um, there, So don't even consider shipping. You're buying the hoodie and we're covering the shipping for the, for the price that we do. Uh, unfortunately, that does mean for those of you who are overseas, just because it's the nature of the beast and Canada for that matter, those hoodies will be a little more expensive as will the hats as will the shirts. There's just no way around that because man, is it expensive to ship stuff across the ocean? Yeah. yeah. Or and even it, to Canada, strangely enough, it might also, I'll give a prep just because, uh, you know, I'll be doing the hats. Dan's going to be doing the shirts and the hoodies. Um, it potentially might take a couple days two, three, four days longer uh, after we get them just to get them shipped down. You know, anyone has experience shipping stuff, you know that we can do a lot of our labels and everything from home. International stuff, we can't. We have to actually go there. I know for me, in my job, I'm only getting into the post office one day a week. Yeah, so. and and that's the one thing that I think most of our listeners are okay with because they everybody knows we this, you know this isn't a job for us so uh, bear with us as we're doing that it might take a little bit longer um, to get those out based on that alone but that's it uh, we'll get them out as quickly as we can and um, 
it's time to stock up, man. It's getting, mm-hmm. I know it's, it's getting, uh, it's getting cold here. I, I, I still have my hoodies, but I could always use another one. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely need a couple more hats. You can never have too many hats, dude. <laughs> so look forward to that. We've had a lot of people asking about that and it's just time. So we're going to be doing that. We just maybe tell people how to get in touch with us. What do you think? I think we should. Right. Agreed. Not a bad idea. I think I want to know how to get a hold of Jesse first this time. Ooh, me. Oh, yeah. Ch- I'm changing things up a little bit. Man, well, if you want to get a hold of me, just shoot me an email at jesse at rchellynation.com. How about you, Justin? If you want to get a hold of me, you can shoot me an email at justin at rchellynation.com and hang tight on the responses because I'm way behind. And I yeah. sift through oh, enough oh. spam nowadays on this on this particular email address that I may have thrown your shit in the trash. So uh, <laughs> if you think it's been too long since you would have expected to get a response from me, that may have what that may have been what has happened. So email me again. Thank you. And Nick, how would I send you an email? Nick at rchellynation.com. Send it. I'll get back to you. I am Dan. You can reach me at dan at rclnation.com or Dan on the forums. And I also want to... Ma- oh, excuse me. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted to let you know. <laughs> I just also wanted to mention, I, I'm starting to wonder, I think, if you have not... There is a problem with my email, and I, I got to investigate a little bit further because I know for a fact Jesse sent me an email to my RC Alienation address a couple days ago. Didn't you, Jesse? I did. Remember? I did not get that. Hmm. And I know that last weekend or the a week last week sometime, uh, all you guys were talking about an email that you got, and I should have gotten it because I was included on in the – but I didn't get it. So – I got to take a closer look. I'm probably going to do that this weekend and figure out if there's something wrong, why I'm not getting my email. If you have sent me an email, some of them are getting through. Some of them aren't. If you have sent me an email and I have not got back to you, that's probably why. Um, so don't take it personally. I will look into that. And if I find there's something clogging the works up, I will catch up with all of those emails. Also to Facebook page. Took a little uh, positive leap last few days. 2,400. Nice. We appreciate you guys uh, signing up. All you new guys that have just recently signed up, thank you. And, uh, you know, post some stuff up there. Let us know what you're doing. It's a great way to see what we're doing on a daily basis outside of the show. Get some pictures of what we're up to, some flying pictures, stuff like that. And that's really about it, guys. This has been... Episode 107. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week, guys. We will see you next Monday. Later. See you guys. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation LLC and is brought to you in part by Heli Pros, KDE Direct, Progressive RC, and Jen's Ace Batteries. We thank you for listening, and if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email.